2: Go to BlueNile.com and use
1: promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase.
2: BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Pat. um, What happens when the GOP decides to tell you they're fiscally conservative? I don't think that means what they think it means. Okay, I'm just asking... Um, because um, they did that also who cares about women and women's sports does anybody oh, oh you do mm-hmm. yeah. oh okay okay mm-hmm. and, and and then and then well what about um the treasury secretary de- deciding to tell us that we must morally defend ukraine it's our duty oh uh, you got something in your eye there pat
0: yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Well, all that's coming up on a Friday Fish Fry edition of Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Padoni. Let's get into it. You know the drill by now. You can follow me at the Coppin Show. You can follow him at the Padoni Show. It's a Friday Fish Fry. It means we're going to give you our best takes of the week, the worst takes of the week, a crown of brand new Richard of the week, and play a little bit of the B or not the B. And first off, I apologize. No new episode yesterday. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm still, uh, whatever the heck is going on with my throat <laughs> is still a little bit there. So, um, that having been said, uh, yesterday we just took off because I could, uh, barely talk in the morning. Um, it got better by the end of the day, but, uh, yeah, oof. It was brutal. Brutal. Kind of hard to do a show that requires talking when you, um, can't talk, right Pat? Well yeah, especially when you have a face for radio. You are correct. Your face is for radio. Yep. Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right, so with that Pat, we want to do our best of the week up front, right? Or do we want to do worst of the week and then lighten things up at the end? Um I don't know. We we can do our best of the week first. That's I'm cool with that. Okay. So we're going to do Pat's best of the week first. <clears throat> So why don't you let our fine, fine, fine listeners who are not viewing over on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, know what they're seeing on their screen.
0: So uh, Woody Harrelson, um, as you uh, may know, as a uh, Hollywood actor. And not exactly um, of the uh, red pill variety. No, no. But um, Tim Robbins. um I guess you would consider it was maybe once of that variety. I don't know that he is now. Oh, no way. No
2: way. He was married to Susan freaking Sarandon. Oh, that's I forgot about that.
0: I forgot about that. Never mind. He is as
2: 60s hippie as you can
0: get. Yeah. Well, anyway, both of them, both of them are saying uh, it's time to uh, end all the COVID protocols and nonsense and to end the charade that is. Um, the COVID restrictions charade you mean charade yeah charade yeah sure yeah yeah
2: tomato uh-huh. tomato yeah, tomato. yeah.
0: You, you, uh-huh. <laughs> um so um yeah i was the reason why i really like this is um this is me being a little biased i guess uh one of my favorite movies is the Shawshank Redemption okay mm-hmm. um and Morgan uh, Freeman. Tim robbins yep. Tim robbins is the main character in that movie Andy Dufresne. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it's nice to see at least some people in Hollywood tr- like coming out of the woodwork and being like, okay, enough is enough.
2: Yeah. Especially because, we, we don't get to say that enough. Especially because what we don't, what I shouldn't say we, what a lot of people who don't pay attention to the inner workings of Hollywood, and I'm not talking about the, the political commentary of Hollywood or anything else. I'm talking about the workers. I'm talking about the people who you know, are all behind the scenes, right? That's the inner workings of Hollywood. Right. And when I'm speaking on that, I'm speaking about um, the things that they're requiring of those workers that they won't require of a Tim Robbins or a Woody Harrelson, like masking and mandates and this and that and everything else. And it's good to see, People like Woody Harrelson and Tim Robbins and others who are of that far left bent saying, okay, enough is enough. It is time for us to to get back to normal. And right. that's good. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yep. But um, my best take happens to um, talk about that fiscal conservatism that we uh, spoke about earlier because the Libertarian Party of Ohio, the GOP As you can see, on the 2nd at 9.44 p.m., the GOP, uh, 14 hours before that, decided to say FISCAL CONSERVATISM. The Libertarian Party of Ohio says, We all know you spend money like a Kardashian at a plastic surgeon.
0: Stop gaslighting. When you when you sent this to me last night, I actually spit my drink out. I was mm-hmm. laughing. Yeah,
2: I mean, I- I'm laughing on multiple levels because the car- spending money like a Kardashian and a plastic surgeon was a great line, and then mm-hmm. I'm also laughing at the GOP attempting to feign fiscal conservatism at any point in time here, lest <laughs> you, we all remember you co-opting the Tea Party and then doing buckets. Buff- Diddly poo, diddly squat, nothing Nathan nada.
0: Interestingly enough, they, they they say this about the GOP, and we all know that, and I agree. They 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 do spend money like a Kardashian and a plastic surgeon. If that's how the GOP spends money, how do the Democrats spend money?
2: Um, like a stripper with a drug dealer. You're welcome for that. Thanks. You are welcome for that. Appreciate it. I I can't think of a better reference. But more importantly, this has nothing to do with the left, Pat. This has everything to do with the fact that the GOP has Mm -hmm. attempted to what? No. Stop gaslighting us. You are not fiscally conservative in any way, shape, or form. You haven't been for roughly 30 years. Okay, the last time you were fiscally conservative is when you were doing budgets with Bill Clinton and balancing a budget. That's the last time Um, you blew it out for um, Iraq war. You blew out budgets throughout the Obama administration while you had power. Um, Do we need to talk about Donald Trump and his insane spending? Um, Do we do we have to go down this road? If you're going to do this, come on. But more importantly, the Libertarian Party of Ohio, that was such a brilliant, brilliant clapback, literally and figuratively, because if you didn't see it and you're not watching on the Rumble page, again, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, where you can watch the show every single Monday through Friday, you, you they literally were using the clap emoji in between every word. And it was yeah, priceless. That, it was it was good. I enjoyed well, was every some- second
0: of that. That was some A-list trolling right there. That, that's for sure. Trolling
2: and truth-telling at the same time. Right. Um, more importantly, who does the GOP think they're fooling? Honestly? Is there anybody who thinks they're fiscally conservative for reals? Like, I would love to... Let's put it this way. If you are in the sound of our voices or are you are seeing this show, hit us up on social media you can follow me at The Coppin Show, at The padoni Show, DM us, comment in the comment section of the video, do whatever you need to do, let us know who you are, because we would love to have you on the show, because I would love your perspective as to how you think the GOP is fiscally conservative. I honest to God, would love to hear that perspective, because- and, and- I physically cannot wrap my brain around that perspective.
0: I just can't. Can we also put a rule on this, too? Because um, trying to say that you're fiscally conservative compared to the Democratic Party doesn't count.
2: Right. uh, There's no caveat. Right. You are either fiscally conservative or not. Right. And fiscal conservatism is very simple. Live within your means. Live within the budget. Stop spending money like a drunken sailor. Stop giving over a hundred billion effing dollars to Ukraine, of which we have no oversight. I don't know if people are paying attention to this, Pat, but there are governors inside the um, country of Ukraine who have built multi-million-dollar homes, new swimming pools, all of this sort of stuff, while there's a bleeping war going on in their country. Um huh? What? How how does that happen? Where, where's our money going? Right? Well, we're giving them missiles and tanks and blah 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 blah, right? Okay, but we're just handing them cash as well. And that cash has no strings attached at this point in time, no oversight, no accountability, nothing to one of the most corrupt, if not the most corrupt government in the entire freaking world. There's not a more corrupt government in my mind. The politicians in the United States, the Ukrainian flag set on Twitter. Zelensky is not a hero. Zelensky is not a good person. Okay. Zelensky is a crony. Zelensky is a crook. Zelensky has done what pat cut down on opposition press opposition political parties um has um taken on um, religious oppression and by taken on i mean he's oppressed various religions all in the name of martial law and all this other stuff inside ukraine that's the person we're supposed to just hand a blank check basically to Oh, by the way, um, our Treasury Secretary, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit, not only has her, druthers or her, her thoughts on supporting Ukraine, she just decided unilaterally to send $10 billion over that direction. I am pretty sure, Pat, that that is not how our government works. That is not how it's set up. That is highly illegal. And if that does happen and if that did happen from the Treasury go to jail, do not collect $200, you piece of trash. Because the only people who have the ability to allow that to happen are the people with the purse strings. And the last time I checked in how our government is structured, that belongs in the halls of the United States House of Representatives. Period, point blank. So... Where is the Treasury Department getting off deciding to send $10 billion one direction or another? More importantly, I'm pretty sure we just printed $10 billion to send over there. While we're in the middle of inflationary issues. And oh, by the way, um, the inflation got worse last month instead of better. Uh, uh, Exactly opposite of what they were predicting. And oh, by the way, Pat. As we are sending $100 billion over there, hundreds at this point now, billions of dollars, right? We are importing ammunition for our own soldiers to use. We are lowering our stockpile of available weaponry to defend ourselves. What better time to, I don't know, attack, right? What what better time to go after us then when we are not paying attention to our own needs, our own defensive needs, let alone offensive needs. For what? To do what? What national interest do we have in that corrupt, god-awful hellscape known as Ukraine? Period, point blank. It is, there is, for me, no national interest. The only people who have a national interest, Pat, are the people of Europe. And how so? Because the pipelines that give them the natural gas and things that they need, right, go right through Ukraine. How much have they ponied up? How much are they willing to give up their defense systems? How much money are they willing to send to the corrupt oligarchs and kleptocracy of Ukraine, a tenth of what we are sending over. We're we're sending we sent we've sent ninety percent of all money, weaponry, training, all that sort of stuff, right? Because that's what we're doing now. We're training um, Ukrainian soldiers on F sixteen fighter jets right now. Hmm, weird. We're doing that. Europe's not. Uh, how about this? Hey, Europe. Hey, European Union. This is on your back door. Go ahead. You first. This has been the pattern because of us being the saviors, right? In World War One and World War Two, That we're just going to save Europe every single time. No. Nope. It is time for you to show some chutzpah. It's time for you to show that you care if you care. I can't care more than you can. This would be like if I were in Texas, right, Pat? And let's say every state was its own country, right? And Wisconsin's being attacked by its Canadian neighbors somehow, some way, shape, or form. right? Or Michigan is being attacked by its Canadian neighbors. I cannot care more than Indiana would care about that, right? If I'm in Texas, I can't care more about that than Illinois would. Right? I can't. If you don't care enough to defend your own backyard, why should I? And more importantly, why should I be ponying up 90% of your defense? What? what? Other than this proxy war that we have talked about, other than the fact that this has nothing to do with, with land or oil or gas, it has everything to do with economic systems, right? And and go ahead and look at Alexander Dugan, right? Please look at him and look at what he understands when they talk about uh, the traditional values and this and that. They don't mean traditional as in small t. They mean capital T and they mean something completely different than a traditional Catholic value system, than a traditional Christian value system. They don't mean that in the way that we would interpret it. So go take a look, and you tell me that this is a fight worth having. There is nothing good for the American people here, period, point blank. And yet, Have any of the GOP, back to the fiscal conservatism, has anybody in the GOP, Pat, has anybody stepped up and said, hell to the no, in a major way? No. Have there been people like Andy Biggs or Chip Roy or Mike Lee, maybe a Ted Cruz once in a while talking the talk? Has anybody walked the effing walk? Not a single one of them. Not one. Oh, your big speech on the floor of the House of Representatives. So what? Talk, talk, talk. How about some action? How about you sue the government? How about you sue them for the blank check that they've written over and over and over again? It's illegal. It is against the law. It is against the setup of our nation. Am
0: I missing something here? No, um, I, I think the only kind of argument I, w- I would have for that is that by themselves, you know, people like Mike Lee, Chip Roy can't can't do it by themselves. They, they, they do need the backing of their party to actually step up. And that's the point of the, that's the point of the argument here is that, yeah, you, you might have a few people that are fiscally conservative within the party, but the party in of itself is not. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And therefore, the bulk of of those that are in within the party that are are in Congress are not fiscally conservative. So when you have that, I mean, you're fighting an uphill battle. If you're someone like a Chip Roy or a Mike Lee, that 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 would be the Mm -hmm. the only counter argument that that, that's there. But you're also right. Do something. Don't just sit there and
2: talk. Meanwhile, Mike Gallagher from my former congressional district back home in Wisconsin it jetted off to the World economic Forum. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy is, is, you know, tiptoeing around that whole group, at least the phonic. You could go down the list. What the hell is any Republican doing at the World Economic Forum? What, yeah, what? No business there. None. None. Zip zero zilch. You should want nothing to do with it. Period. Yet you embrace it, yet you well, we were just there for panels. The only time you no. should be there is to protest the shit out of it. That's the only reason why you should be in Davos. But I didn't see that. I saw you behind closed doors, right? I saw you, you know, paling it up with uh, Klaus Schwab and in, in his ilk. Some of the most vile human beings on the planet. And then come off the back of it for more money with Ukraine. I, I don't understand how, it, how the GOP says any of these things with a straight face. And more importantly, I don't understand how any of you vote GOP just to vote GOP, period. Don't understand it. You, you give... you. I, I keep going back to this, Pat. November of 2022, every single incumbent senator, Democrat or Republican, won Every one of them. Why? Because Team GOP decided to run the most dog shit candidates I have ever seen. None of which show any sort of real fiscal conservatism, let alone real conservatism, if there is such a thing anymore. Let alone anybody showing any sort of libertarian leaning value system. Instead we had Herschel Walker. Instead we had Mehmet Oz. Instead we had uh, what's his nuts in Arizona, Blake Masters. Like masters.
0: Uh, what? Are you serious with that? Yeah, they were. And here's the thing: like, like I, I look at that Pennsylvania election and. That If you had put up a good candidate, a solid good candidate that that actually stood for the things that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. they probably would have won that election because that should have been a gimme. They had the
2: opportunity, and they decided no. That should have been a gimme with someone. They had a three-way race for that, Pat, and the voters inside the GOP primary decided, nah, memidize. So congratulations, Pennsylvania. You have yourself to blame, and it just goes to show where the GOP voting base really is they will eat whatever crap sandwich they put in yeah. front of them
0: oh and they'll shove it down our throats at the same time and
2: you'll like it mm-hmm. most of most gop voters will just like it well well, we we no no it, the the time for accepting it, and i'll put it this way this is a good analogy the husband who caught his wife cheating once, or the wife ca- catching the husband cheating once, forgive forgiveness, right? A re- right. repentance, right? Okay, great. Second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time. If they continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over again, and shove it down your throat. At what point in time do you get it through your head? They're not changing. They don't care about you. So it's time to leave. It is time to show them your power.
0: As yeah. as as the yeah. as the resident conservative on this show, what have I said about the GOP in the past? The only party that hates you more than the Democrats is, is the, the GOP.
2: GOP. And with that, Pat. It is time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you ready for that?
0: Oh, I'm very ready for this one. Are, are you sure? Oh, I've been I've been waiting for this one. All right. Lay that headline on me at least one time, please. All righty. Well, this headline is uh, brought to you by uh, Women's History Month. Man regrets transitioning to woman after seeing line for a restroom. Man regrets transitioning to woman after seeing line for a restroom. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone to coffeebrandcoffee.com yet, please do so. They are a great company that doesn't care about your politics. Mm-hmm. They make a great product that is a great pick me up in the mornings, especially if you are not a morning person, especially if you can't function in the mornings without that uh, good cup of coffee. They've got all sorts of different great flavors over there that you can check out and try. Um, Refer a friend, uh, buy several different flavors uh, to try. If If you just like your traditional coffee, they have that too. If you're not a coffee drinker like me, they've got hot chocolate, they've got tea, It's a fantastic company. That's all I can say. I can't can't say enough good things about these guys. They don't care about your vote. They don't care about your politics. They simply care about making a good product and earning your business. That's it. And that's who we should be. Those are the kinds of companies we should be doing business with. Business that won't insult you. Right? So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code Critical Thinking at Checkout and get 5% off your purchase. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Promo code Critical Thinking at Checkout and get 5% off your purchase today. All right. Man regrets transitioning to woman after seeing line for restroom. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer.
2: <laughs> this has got to be the Babylon B. Um now I'll I'll save from save some of my commentary for later. But yeah, this has got to be the Babylon B. You
0: would be correct. This is the Babylon Bee. Sadly, sadly, we'll see a story like this in about a year, if if not sooner. Um, a local man who re- and by the way, this comes from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. um, a, a local man who recently completed his transition to living as if he were a woman immediately regretted his decision to do so after seeing the line for the ladies room at a large public event last night i had no idea i would have to wait this long to go pee said Ryanna everhart upon discovering the line for the restroom before i transitioned i could just walk into the men's room do my business at, at, at a urinal wash my hands and get back out in two minutes now this i have made a big mistake the restroom line, located at a local nightclub on the night of the performance by the an all-trans Taylor Swift cover band, stretched the full length of the side hallway next to the stage, showed no signs of shortening. One biological female in the line stated, this is nothing new. This is part of being a woman, said Monica Haj, as her weight in the line had reached the 25-minute mark. It's always like this. If some guy decides he's going to pretend to be a woman to use a lady's bathroom, he's going to have to get used to this. Everhart, who previously known as Ryan Everhart, was later seen sitting outside the nightclub seemingly in deep thought. I don't know. It is possible for them to, like, reattach it? He heard muttering. He was heard muttering. "Uh, I can't spend the rest of my life waiting in line to use the bathroom at publishing time. Everhart was last seen getting back in line, hoping he would be able to use the restroom before the concert was completely over. And that is your Babylon B article for the day. And that is also uh, a feature of a uh, women's history month.
2: Wait a minute. Isn't that just a man pretending to be a woman taking over women? It's- are you saying well, yeah. men own women's history month now, Pat?
0: Well, I mean, if you buy into the whole trans movement thing and you support people like Dick Levine as the uh, health secretary and you know, Leah or, or excuse me, William Thomas at um you know, uh University of Penn swim team and all the other men running in women's sports, um then yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes they are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, we're going
2: to get into more of that in a little bit here, because one of the most insane takes on this entire topic of men taking over women's sports um, came out this week in a hearing in Minnesota. So we'll talk about that later. Um, I I will just say this, though. Um, Have you been to a sporting event at a newer arena or stadium lately? Not, not lately, no. In the last
0: three to five years, um, I'm I'm fairly certain the last sporting event I've been to was probably a jazz game. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: I, I'm just asking so yeah. because I, you know how the joke is uh, the women's line is always long, right? at these events and the men's lines just zip it and go. Well,
0: I mean, if you ever go and like actually see the lines by comparison. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's actually not true anymore for most of the new facilities that are built. Really? Um, Yeah. Usually the men have a much longer wait in, in line. Why? Because the women's bathroom is built way more efficiently than the men's bathroom. Usually these days because of code and because of all these other things, um, Lambeau Field, it used to be, you know, in, out, see you later. Um, nowadays, no, nope, that line's going to be longer than the women's line. Nine times out of ten. Uh, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Um, the the weight that is in most men's bathrooms these days and why? It's because they limit the amount of urinals and all the other things that go on rather mm-hmm. than just lining the ever loving crap out of the wall with these things. It, it's it's insane. Uh, I was at one arena in which there were only four urinals, four of them, and four stalls. Um. Uh, in, in in a what in one section, what? Not oh no! Mention- by the way, the the traffic flow right in and out mm-hmm. is terrible. It's just right.
0: that they're, they're doing it wrong. So not, I not would
2: suggest to go, go the other way these days. You might have better luck in the women's bathroom than the
0: men's. Well, not to mention, you know, there's a lot of urinal etiquette going on, too. Yeah. In mm-hmm. these places. So. Yep. Yep.
2: yep. Yeah. And with that being said, Pat, do we want to move on to this week's Richard of the Week?
0: Yes, we yeah, should. We
2: do? Okay. Yes. Just making sure. So, Pat, the four nominees
0: for Richard of the Week are? Well, of course, we have Joseph Marionette Biden. Okay. Um, for his uh, comments on discussing the the mom who lost uh, two sons to a fentanyl overdose and him laughing about it.
2: Yeah, that was a pretty bad look. Um, yeah. All I'm going to say on that, though, is also uh, w- what you doing blaming Joe Biden for that when your sons died when uh, Donald Trump was in office and then also what would you blame Donald Trump for?
0: Right, right. I'm not I'm not blaming him for the the fentanyl overdose. I'm like this right. It's it's the fact that uh, you better. You, you,
2: what are you laughing like? That's not funny. Like this whole thing yeah. isn't funny.
0: No, 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 no. And and Donald Trump got slammed for doing crap like this. Yeah, all the time. Uh, and. uh Joe Biden better be getting slammed for all this too, which mm-hmm. he is by the right, but I don't know by so much on the left. Mm-hmm. So
2: okay, that's good. nominee number one is Joe Biden.
0: Okay, number two, we have uh, Vladimir Zelensky, because you know he's claiming that uh, we're going to have the, the U.S. us are going to have to send our sons and daughters over there to fight in the Ukraine war over my dead body. Yeah, screw you. And then we have. Mayor Lori Lightfoot.
2: Yes, because she finished behind former Chicago Public School CEO, Paul Vallis, right, mm -hmm, with 34% mm -hmm. of the vote. Um, Brandon Johnson got about 20% of the vote. Lightfoot, 17%. So she was asked by a reporter after getting her ass kicked, okay, asked after her concession speech if it was, you know, she was treated unfairly in this race because of her race and gender. Now, if I told you, Pat, that there were seven people that ran for uh, mayor of Chicago, would would you believe that?
0: Yeah, I, I could
2: believe it. Yeah. Yep. So there's not um, like party primaries. It's just a single primary. Everybody right. in the mix. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many of those seven nominees do you think were white?
0: Maybe two?
2: One. Paul Vallis. That's it. That's it. Now, she replied, okay? Lightfoot replied, I'm a black woman in America. Of course, she was treated unfairly. No, no, no. No, you weren't. Not at all. It was your adversarial relationship with the press to begin with. It was your... Um, shutting out the press she is famous for having this like barricade basically to the um, elevators that lead up to the fifth floor where the the mayor's office is Um, she's very famous for getting in the face of reporters she wasn't treated unfairly in any way shape or form you said you were going to be tough on crime that hasn't she has a happened. very weak record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, very weak. And and then the day later, a day later, we find um, the first, uh, well, the third officer under her watch um, shot and killed in the line of duty. Um, yeah, it was brutal. 18 year old gangbanger who shouldn't been on the streets to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, nobody treated you unfairly because you were a black woman in America. This is one of, if not the most progressive city government in the entire bleeping country. You jackass. Beatles. Yeah. And our fourth nominee is going to be one Dr. Colleen Shogun. Pat, have you ever heard of Dr. Colleen Shogun?
0: Um, sort of. Sort of. How?
2: How in the hell have you ever heard of Dr. Colleen Shogun other than the research into today's show?
0: Prior um, to that? No way, no I hell, no of. way, no how. No that, that's freaking. What I way. Said sort of, because you know, we, we I heard her name out throughout this week, but did I know of her anything prior to that? No. I, no. I never heard no. of her. Prior, nice try, so. Pat. Nice, nice yeah. try. Nice try. Um,
2: but she is uh, President Biden's nominee for the National Archivist because we have to get so nerdy, right? Yep, yep, yep.
0: Why is she the nominee for the National Archivist exactly? What What are her qualifications? Well, she's a doctor, so I'm assuming what that, kind of uh, doctor
2: she has some history of I don't know archiving library type stuff, whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't know her qualifications, nor it's not important to the story here, Pat. Because okay. the, the reason why she is nominated is because she got in front of the United States Senate, um, I believe it was the Homeland Security Committee on Tuesday. How the hell they're handling the National Archivist uh, position, I have no idea. But that's where the committee assignment lands.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, she decided to absolutely 100% lie to the committee. Ooh. Um, I'm just going to read this from the Daily Wire. In a hearing of the Senate Homeland Security Committee on Tuesday, Holly took to task the nominee, Dr. Colleen Shogun, over tweets that she wrote blasting Republican politicians and COVID policies. Shogun locked her Twitter account when she was nominated to lead the National Archives and Records Administration but Holly obtained several of her posts anyway. Exacerbated, after she repeatedly refused to answer for her statements, Holly blasted Shogun for stonewalling. Quote, I asked you to provide the public posts that had previously been available on Twitter because the ones that we have were pretty disturbing, Holly began. You You responded as follows, and I quote, my personal Twitter account is comprised of posts about my mystery novels, events at the White House Historical Association, Pittsburgh sports teams, travels, and my dog. Is that an accurate statement? Um, here's a problem. Holly calls out a post that Shogun made in February of 2022 complaining about the fact that mask mandates have been lifted for children under the age of five. He then asked if such an overtly political statement was characterized of or characteristic of her Twitter feed. <clears throat> Quote, my social media is my is in my personal capacity, Shogun responded. This exchange continues. She refused to answer because she gave the premise that this is all about her personal life, except for it's all about her politics, right? She literally lied to Congress or lied to the Senate, what are they going to do about it? You, you want us to believe that you you should lead this when you can't even answer to? Yeah. You know what? I I have a political. Everybody's allowed their political opinions, Pat. Just own it. Who cares? Nobody really cares about your partisan politics, per se. What they care about is whether or not you're going to be truthful as to what you believe. And more importantly, what was Holly getting at? Hawley right. is attempting to show that you would not be qualified to do this job because of your partisanship, because the National Archivist is in charge of what? The things that we are fighting over with Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden when it comes to classified documents and who gets what and how you're going to treat um, you know one president versus the other. That's the point here. Everybody's allowed their own personal political opinions, right? It is about how right. you use those in your professional capacity.
0: And also, are you qualified to do the job that you're nominated to do? That, that <laughs> I, would, I would submit that. But but this administration is long past that at this point. Long past that. The, um,
2: the witness, Dr. Colleen Shogan, mm. refused to answer, lied. She lied in her answers to... The Senate lied in her written answers and her uh, personal testimony in the Senate. Uh-huh. And he ended with this: quote, Mr. Chairman, I have to tell you, this is the most extraordinary thing I have seen in my brief time in the Senate. I have never seen a witness blatantly lie under oath like Dr. Shogun has just done to this committee, stonewalled this committee, and just repeatedly refused to answer my questions about her own posts that are in public. For these reasons, I will oppose your nominee nomination, and I strongly strongly urge this committee to take action on this and force this witness to own up to the fact that she is misleading us right now before our eyes. I mean, Banana Republic stuff right here. This is right. absolutely yeah. Banana Republic. Uh, not to mention, we also have... What was the other nominee, Pat, um, that we had this week who... Um, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Um. Oh, the labor secretary nominee, you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's Julie Sue, right? Led the California Labor Department, which oversees the Employment um, Development Department. Okay, as one tenth of the one hundred and fourteen billion dollars in pandemic relief claims have actually been fraudulent. One tenth of one hundred and fourteen is. Uh, Last I checked, um, roughly $1.4 Not a problem. A little bit. An additional 17% of the benefits were made to accounts that were frozen for investigation, meaning the total amount of fraud could have surpassed $31 billion, by the way. According to a January 2021 report from the San Francisco Chronicle, you know, that bastion of conservatism problem. And she's nominated nominated for the labor secretary job? Yeah, no. That, that that's pretty much disqualifying. That's pretty much no. Well, it's not her fault, you see, because she just oversaw that. No, when you're a leader, the things that happen under your leadership are your problem. So, yeah, we, I mean, we have 1 2 Absolutely insane nominees going in front of us. The gaslighting of of the American public continues from this administration. So our four nominees: we've got Joseph Marionette Biden, we've got Vladimir Zelensky, we've got um Dr. Colleen. hmm? Oh Colleen Shogun. Yep, Colleen Shogun. And of course, we also have the fourth one, Pat. Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot. And your winner this
0: week, Pat. See, this is tough. I I personally, this is me. I have to go with Zelensky. Mm, Okay. I don't disagree with you. Because you have no business. You you have no business talking about our sons and our daughters coming to fight your war. None.
2: All right. I don't disagree with you. And with that, it's time to get into our worst story of the week. Pat, you're going to go first here. Your worst story, uh, the headline Janet Yellen claims taxpayers have duty to defend Ukraine's border from invasion.
0: Uh, why? Why is that your worst story of the week? You mean my worst take?
2: Yeah, worst take. Sorry. So,
0: so th- that is my worst take because, again, what business do you have? Mm-hmm. What business do you have talking about? Our, first of all, it's our money that's being used to finance that war. Correct. And I'm I'm done with this. Okay. And now you're telling me that we have to send our sons and daughters over there. That we ha- that we have a personal stake in this war. No, I it's don't. It's our Duty, right? It's our duty. No, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a duty to the, to the Ukrainian people. The I only don't. Duty
2: I have is to do a duty on your front doorstep, Janet Yellen. Exactly.
0: And it, now, now, Pat, I the, have a
2: further question for you. Uh, is Janet Yellen the Secretary of State? No, she's the freaking Secretary
0: of the Treasury.
2: Okay. So what the hell is she commenting
0: on foreign affairs for? Because because she's talking about the money, right? Which, here's the thing. She has no power over this. None. Oh, she'd like to think so. She she is,
2: <clears throat> you know, we talked about the nominees for the National Archivist and the Labor Secretary. Yeah. Y- are you noticing a pattern here, Pat, of uh, just leftist, leftist, leftist that, that don't, quote unquote, stay in their lane? Well, but we're yeah. told to stay in ours, right? By Stephen yeah. Colbert and others this week. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a terrible take. Well, I've got two. Um, I couldn't decide between the two, Pat. I Go really couldn't. I, I mean, really racked my brain last night trying to decide I'm... which one was worse. And I don't think... Either one of them is worse than the other. So I gotta give them to you both. But um we we're talking about uh men taking over women's athletics, right? And women's yeah. everything. And yeah. it's uh women's history month. So let's let's uh highlight the the trans women, right? Oh boy. This is this is what passes for smart testimony in the state of Minnesota
0: fair competition. I am so sorry, but our just, cisgender girls are going to be just fine. You know what? Society is built in a way that accommodates us already. I had a, I had an athlete who was a, a USA Olympic gym, uh, was on the track to being an Olympic, Olympic gymnast. She trained with Sunisa Lee for 10 years. Whether she lost in competitions to a girl or a, uh, somebody who was a trans uh, girl, her outcome was gonna be the same. She didn't go to the Olympics. She was gonna be a D1 athlete, which only 7% of high school students go to be that. Actually, only 7% going to do play uh, collegiate sports and 2% make it to be D1 athletes. And then from there, only 2% of that 2% makes it to become a pro athlete. So the fears that we have around a fair competition, it is fair. And the few trans girls that play with other girls are cisgender girls will be okay. So I, what I wanted to shift away from those conversations because they are not rooted in reality. Our-
2: not rooted in reality. Hey Pat, question for you. Uh huh. Um. <clears throat> William Thomas, what
0: uh-huh. was
2: William Thomas ranked as a swimmer? As a dude,
0: like four hundred thirty second or something like that.
2: Four hundred
0: twenty seventh
2: or four hundred thirty second, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Just checking. How many seconds did uh, he win by in the first event that he had as a woman um, in the NCAA championships?
0: Wasn't it like two or three seconds or something like that?
2: Yeah, it was two point three seconds. Yeah. So almost two and a half seconds. Okay. Which is a lot. Uh, that's a lot. Okay. And then, and then, secondly, Pat, um, he she tied Riley Gaines at the 200 freestyle, right? And by the way, that was um William Thomas's least um least best event, okay? Leah Thomas was better at distance swimming, right? We're talking like the 800, we're talking the 1600, right. you know, that that type of stuff. Okay. Okay. Who who got on the podium to take the picture um and get the accolades of that uh, William, tie?
0: William Thomas.
2: So, to that woman in Minnesota, they'll be okay. Really? Really. The NCAA just highlighted a dude beating a woman and then decided to put that dude who tied with a woman for an event on the podium.
0: Well, and then she has the gumption to sit there and talk about how many go on. They'll be
2: She doesn't even know what the hell she's talking about. Second of of all, it's not 7% and 2%. No. It is 5% of high school athletes will go on to play college athletics. Okay. And of that, 1% of them play D1 athletics. And of that 1%, less than 1% of them will go on to be professional athletes. Right. Not seven percent, two percent, and two percent.
0: So the odds there when you start throwing men into women's sports, you're you're drastically decreasing those odds for those women. And also, Pat, of of that group of people, if you really want to break
2: down the women's side of things, it is less than one-tenth of one percent of the women who play sports at a D one level or any level, if you really want to get technical, it's like, I think it's one 100th of a percent actually will become professional athletes. Why? Because there's the WNBA, there's a semi-pro hockey league, there's the you uh, NWSL, right? So either you're going to be a professional basketball player or you're playing professional soccer, whether that's here or overseas, by the way. Now, There are some professional athletes like the volleyball players and stuff like that that will go overseas and play volleyball. Some of them will go overseas and maybe play another sport. But by and large, unless you are a basketball or soccer athlete, you ain't going pro from the United States of America. So you're already taking a limited opportunity of women. And suggesting to me that adding dudes who will overpower perform better; those dudes take are not taking away opportunity. Pat, I, I mean, look at the stories of people like Don Beebe, right, or other male athletes. Just how difficult it is to, and just how like that sliver, that sliver of hope that you have to have that somebody catches you in the right moment to scout you to put you into that right position right yep. to be is it, sometimes it's not about um skill it's about opportunity an opportunity to be put in front of a scout to be put in front of the right person who can get you in the right thing at the right time there are stories vince papali right yep wrong person wrong time until he got older and then became the the you know the the story of the late 70s right with the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles and i use that as the example of how difficult it is for a dude to be to be put in that situation there are athletes right right now pat who are playing d3 or d2 college basketball or college football that are equally as talented skilled As people playing at the D1 level, what is the difference? Their opportunity to be seen in front of scouts, to be seen in front or put film on tape and put it in front of the right coach who can put in front of the right individual. That's how difficult this game is. Oh, you play in the wrong AAU team or you play in the wrong seven on seven league, right? Or you play in the wrong select soccer team and you don't get seen because I have a relationship with this group or that group or this group. It's worse in women's athletics. The already limited opportunities are now more limited. They continue to be more and more limited. This is insane. That's an absolutely insane take. But what, what other take, Pat, could possibly have gone down the same direction? What one could have could have topped or been on the same level as that terrible take? it's this one. <clears throat> Cardinal McElroy of the Catholic faith, quote, while Catholic teaching has an essential role in a, in moral de- de- decision making, it is conscience that has the privileged place. As Pro- Pope Francis has stated, the church's role is to form consciousnesses, not replace them. Huh? Do you even Catholic, bro? So, <coughs> this has always been the conundrum of how I look at libertarian individualism from a Catholic perspective, right? And, yes, it's true. We have a conscience, right? We have our own ability to make decisions, right, as individuals. But on top, as a practicing Catholic, as a confirmed, you know, through all the sacraments, right, of Catholicism, the thing that forms your conscience is the teaching of the church. It is first, it is primary. Secondary is as these these moral teachings, as we learn from the teachings of Jesus in the Bible, right? These are the things that inform our conscience, that that form around it, right? Why else do you have the Ten Commandments? Why else do you have the teachings of the church in the morality of the church? If it's sub your own conscience, folks, this is this is the church of me, right in the middle. As I as I put out on Twitter, this is the church of me within the Catholic Church. I, I can't put it any stronger than that. I just I, I don't know how you could possibly think that.
0: Do you even do you even Christian, bro?
2: And Emily Zanati had a, a great great uh had a great response to this. Yeah, but I'm ascribed to the Catholic faith and believe in and hold to its dogma. I can't just do whatever the bleep I want and then and then take communion. It's dangerous to my eternal soul to tell me that I can. That's what they're telling you, is that you're you, you're whatever you want to do, right? And this is what I talk about with the church of me, right? It is, I'm going to do whatever the bleep I want to do during the week and then sit in the pew and then... And then I, I get to absolve myself of whatever the hell I did this week. That is not how this works. That is not how any of this works, especially not in the Catholic Church, especially not in that faith. In why are they doing this, Pat? Why? Why would people like Cardinal McElroy do this? Why is that happening? There's happening in Germany, right? There's a schism happening in the church in Germany. Why are these things happening? It's happening because the people in these positions of power are what? They're of a certain persuasion that is, how shall we say this, antithetical to the teachings of the church, okay? This has been the most open secret within the Catholic church for my entire life, that a lot of the priesthood is, is what? Of the I like dude variety. Right. Yeah. Okay. And this is their attempt at the church of me taking over the Catholic church. Why? Because they want to hold fast to their sin. That's the point here, right? My sin. We we have to allow these people to sit in the pew on Sunday, right? All about the, let's get them in front of us to hear the message. To hear the message of what? That your sin is Okay. No, it's not. The point of every parable in the Bible, right? Every teaching of Jesus Christ is not that, oh, I'm absolving you of your sin. No, the absolution of your sin comes from repentance, comes from recognition of that sin and change and move away from that sin. This is insane. This is what is the point of of any sort of faith, Pat? What is the point? If, if it's me first, dogma second, me first, teaching second, no, my conscience is formulated by the teachings of the church. I can choose to accept or deny the teachings of the church, right? That's the conscience part of it. But denying the teachings of the church would be to be what? Out of step with the church, thus something I must go to what? Confession for. And confess that sin. And then pay penance for that sin. And make sure I'm not doing it again and again and again and again. If you are an unrepentant sinner, you are not in step with any faith whatsoever. None. There's not a faith in the world that says this. Except for the church of me. That's how far we've come. Look at what was going on with that whatever church in Sydney, Australia that we highlighted on Wednesday, the, the Glitter Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That is not how this works. That is, not, that is a slap in the face of faith. That is not faith. That is not uh, highlighting anything other than yourself. The whole point of Ash Wednesday is a recognition of uh, of the moment that Jesus is about to go through. The 40 days leading up to Jesus' death, it is not about celebrating your sexual identity in any way, shape, or form. To do so is to blaspheme. I don't don't get it, Pat. And I know that you're not Catholic, but this would be the same thing in the Mormon church, right? Oh, by the way, the, the teachings of the prophet, right? Nah, that doesn't supersede your conscience. What? What is the point of, of being in, 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 in a faith? What is the point of you being a cardinal at that point? Now, is it true that we have the ability to freely think? Absolutely. But as I have said time and time again, Pat, the point of confirmation within the Catholic Church, and the point of confirmation in your faith, and the point of confirmation in any faith, is what? To go through the process of critically thinking about whether or not you believe the tenets of the faith to be true, right, and just. Thus, your conscience has thought through these things. Your brain, your soul, your body have thought through these things, and you happen to believe these things are the things that formulate the plan of your life, of your own free will that's the point it's these things first your conscience second your conscience is decided by these things if you choose the faith if you choose the faith of me well there is no conscience it is whatever pleases in the moment and then maybe i'll i'll try to absolve myself later maybe i'll i'll think about my repentance later no you won't you bend the teaching to your ear. not the, You have to bend your ear to the teaching. The gospel. The dogma of the faith. It's just that simple. I, I, am I missing something? Nope. Not at all. On that Pat, your final thoughts on this week.
0: Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And just for this week, just no. No. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.